0: All right. Welcome, everybody, to Moadon Reads. Love Hebrew. In this cold day of December, thank heavens we're not in Wisconsin, though. They had them even actually on the Today Show today because it was so cold up there. And uh, minus 11 in International Falls. If we have any listeners in International Falls, my kudos to your courage. I'd be going south. Um, but here it's at least sunny, right? It's supposed to get up to 27. Some guys don't care. I do. Um, we. <laughs> Yeah, still so cold and kind of windy. We are on 2 Samuel chapter 7, right in the middle of this great passage uh, when God gives his covenant to David, and we're about ready to start verse 11. And verse 11 introduces us to a little parenthesis, uh, a little explanation of verse 10. If you will remember in verse 10... God is talking, and as we translated it, uh, I'm going to translate it this way rather than going over all our discussion of last week, and I will make a place for my people Israel, and I will plant him, and he will dwell, takhtav, in his own place, and he will not uh, tremble in fear again, and not will uh, perverse people or evil people add to afflict him. And we remember we translate that as an adverb, will not afflict him again, as Formerly, ba-rishonah is bait plus the adjective rishon first. And this structure appears just like I translated it uh, with that adverbial sense, as formerly. Verse 11 now explains what he's referring to when he says formerly, what period of time. All right, so we pick it up at verse 11. u hayom asher ziviti shoftim al-ami Yisrael. V'hani choti l'ka mikol o'i veka, v'higid ki v'yit ya'ase l'ka Okay, so u le min. So vav plus lamed plus min, perfect example of stuffing everything together. So formerly, that is from the time when I commanded judges over my people Israel. So notice again the Vav here functions in this first phrase to explain what he's referring to when he says formerly. So they're not going to afflict him formerly. And so he's, he's talking specifically about the time of the judges. Remember when the Philistines and other Canaanite groups were continually capturing Israel and they had to send judges. So again, that is Hayom from the time when I commanded judges over my people Israel. Okay. Vahanikoti is from the root nuach, a hifil, first common singular, and I will give rest to you. All right. Nuach in the call means to rest, to give rest is hifil. And I will give rest to you, mikol oiveka, from all your enemies. Right. Vehegid, notice the root, nagad, to tell or to report. This appears very commonly in the hifil. So this is a hyphiel, vav, plus perfect. And, and and so notice here, again, another thing. You have a switch from first person to third person. And he will tell you, namely Yahweh, the Yahweh. So Yahweh's talking about himself in the third person. Okay? So, and Yahweh will tell you that a house he, namely Yahweh, will make for you. See? So... So notice it's kind of awkward from an English standpoint when you switch persons like that. When you talk about yourself in the third person, I just saw that again in the, um, oh, in Sports Illustrated this week. They had these review articles. and They were talking about Bo Jackson, remember? Bo Jackson was another guy like Ricky Henderson. He's the example I use in class, which I won't repeat here because nah, take too long. But Bo Jackson also talked about himself in the third person. And and it was taken. It was perceived there that uh, he had a lot of confidence in himself when he says Bo Jackson because he said something like, "Bo Jackson is going to come in and remake this team. Bo Jackson is going to do this." And the coach thought that was good because because it showed him that he had the confidence. See, so notice when Yahweh switches to third person. What's the point of it? For us, it signals kind of pretension and arrogance. But see, we have to be careful about doing that here, and there's also, you know, it's not that uncommon to see a switch in persons happening. So, uh, but it sounds awkward to us, I guess, is the point I want to make. So, Yahweh is telling you that a house Yahweh will make for you. And again, notice the word order, verb, short preposition, subject, in both clauses there, and that's that's the common word order. All right? Um. Any questions about verse 11? Here we get to the heart now of what God is going to tell David. <laughs> okay? David, you got a question you're just thinking? Well, I'm just thinking that could this be... Okay. Uh, Yahweh said that Yahweh will make a house for you. Could that be indirect discourse? Um, so not necessarily... This oh. is exactly. This is not direct discourse, but Yahweh said. But if I were talking like Jeff said, Jeff will do this. Yeah. See, um, the only trouble is that you, that you have that vehigid there that is the same forms of, as we've been seeing. So it's, again, you're, you know, you, it would be difficult to impart that kind of a spin, although it might be possible and worth kind of thinking about a little bit. Yeah. But there's not a lot of indication that that should happen in the text, at least that I can see. It's not a bad, maybe, possibility to think about, though. All right, verse 12. Ki yim le'u yameka Va zaraka Asher Hakinotiat A lot of Japanese forms there if you notice. Very nice. Those are my favorite forms. When now here's a kind of a temporal clause. When your days are full, Yimlau. Okay? When your days are full, and you lie, this is from Shakavta, when you lie et Avoteka with your fathers, Okay, Vahakimoti, this is from the root kum, first Japanese form, hifil. Then I will raise up zaraka, your seed, achareka, after you, who, yetze, will come out from your belly, or from your loins. I'm sorry, mimme eka, who will come out from your loins. In other words, he's going to be your own descendant, see? Pause. Bahakinoti, another Japanese form. And I will establish, what's the root? Kun, another hiphil, And I will establish et mamlakto, his kingdom. All right. uh, again, notice that you have seed, which can be either a collective or a singular. All right. um, but notice that uh, everything else is singular there in reference to the seed. It will come out from your loins, and I will establish his kingdom. All right, now notice verse 13 follows up with that, with the pronoun who. So uh, some people make the case that he has in mind here a particular descendant. All right? But it's a little more complex than that, so I don't want to oversimplify what's happening. Okay, so verse 13, uh, again, notice the syntax here with the pronoun. Who, Yivne, bite Lishmi. Vekonanti et kise mamlakto adolam. So notice how thirteen kind of continues Yahweh's speech. He will come out of your loins, I will establish his kingdom. Pause. Who? He Yivna will build a house, Lishmi, for my name. Vekonanti, notice you're getting a different binyan or conjugation for kun here. This is a Polal. Polal from Kun again. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom, Adolam, forever. All right? So notice um, that in verse 11, he says, Yahweh says to you that Yahweh will build a house for you. Now he goes on to begin to talk about that. So in what sense is house being used in verse 11, when Yahweh is talking. Lineage. As a lineage. See, remember the previous conversation started with, should I build a house for Yahweh, a physical structure? So Yahweh plays on that. No, Yahweh's going to build a house for you. He's not talking now about a physical structure. He's talking about uh, this, the establishment of a seed after him. So it's a kind of an interesting play that comes into effect here um, as we make it through. So verse 13 Um, But notice verse 13 then goes back, verse 12, uh, I'm going to build his kingdom. But now he goes back, this seed will build a house for my name. Okay, now, what kind of house are we talking about here? Are we talking about a physical structure? Well, yes. But are we talking about something else as well that has to do more with um, a people that are his own? See? Okay? So notice the ambiguity that is introduced here. It's really interesting you will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom out alone. Okay? Um, any questions about 13? All right. Um, again, notice now the um, emphasis with the pronoun. So you have who at the beginning of verse 13, and ani. So notice it's he, me, or he or I. Okay? Ani, eh, ye, lo, la, ye, li, Asher, ha, ha. Okay. I will be to him a father. So I will be a father to him, and he will be a son to me. We've heard that language before in relationship to Israel. See, so notice you have this same kind of formula. I will be a father to him, he will be a son to me. Um, who, now, be ha avoto. That's from the root ein, vav, hey, and it means to be twisted or to be, yeah, to be twisted. Here's the hifil, okay. Notice you have the ot ending for the hifil infinitive construct. It's temporal clause. Who, in his acting perversely, or in his doing perversity, or when he acts wrongly or perversely or something like that. Okay, pause. Then I will chastise him. What's the root of hokaktiv? Yep, it's from yakach, and it's a hifil. Notice you have that um, ho beginning there, prefix, which tells you it's a first yud, And I will chastise him, Beshevet with the rod of men, and with the with the blows. This is from Nega construct with the blows of Bnei Adam, with the blows of humanity. Okay, so namely, I'll chastise him through human instruments. Okay, now here's the key, verse 15. V'chasti mimeni, but my Chesed, see my loyalty, my faithfulness, not will turn yasur. Okay, will not turn mimenu from him. Ka'asher hasiroti me'im sha'ul. As I removed it. This is again from sur, and this is the hifil. So notice the call intransitive, hifil transitive. All right, so my grace not will, will turn from him as I removed it. Notice it's referring to the, his, his hesed. As I removed it, me'im sha'ul, from off of Saul. Okay, um, whom hasivoti I removed? Notice the same form, whom I removed me from before you. So notice he chooses David, and he promises that David's chesed uh, is not going to be taken away, even when that seed of his does not act uh, according to his will. Right. That's a really interesting verse. And he kind of compounds it in verse 16. Any questions about any grammar or anything through this point? All right, pretty straightforward. Okay, verse 16. Ve neman beteku mam laktaka at Lam lefaneka kisaka yihinakon at Okay, and this is from Amen to be firm, to be trustworthy. This is a nifal, vav plus perfect, third masculine singular. And it means to be again, to be established, to be firm. And your house will be firm. And your kingdom. Okay, Adolam. Forever. Lefaneka. Before you. Okay, so your house and your kingdom will be firm, or established forever <coughs> before you. Kisaka, your throne, Yihye, will be Nakhon. Your throne will be Nakhon. This is the Nifal participle from Kuhn. So notice the root kun here. Had the hifil form, the Polel form, now a Nifal participle form. Okay, so you should get real familiar with Kuhn. All right. So, your throne will be Nakon, will be established Adolam. Notice the emphasis in this verse. I mean, how he reiterates things. Your house and your kingdom, nehmat, will be established Adolam forever before you. Your throne will be Nakon Adolam, established forever. All right? So, again, um, just with the way that the, uh, the promise is made in slightly different words. Notice how the Hebrew is able to uh, emphasize and underline something. Okay, questions through 16. Kekol ukekol ha kain diber el David. According to all these words and according to all the chizayon, all the vision of this one, this vision. This is from the ruchazat to see. According to all this vision, thus. Nathan spoke to David. Okay. Now, it doesn't end here. The, the next part that we don't normally read is a really interesting part, so we can do a couple of verses in it here. Um, any questions through this? So far, the covenant. Okay, now we have David's response. Verse 18 Va Yavo David, Va Yeshev Lifne Yahweh, Va Yomer Mianokiaronai Yahweh. Umi veti ki haviotani ad halom. Then the king David went and sat Lifne Yahweh before the Lord. Okay? Vyomir, and he said, Mianoki, who am I Adonai? Yahweh? And who is my house? That Haviotani, that you have brought me. Ad halom here to here. Okay, this havi otani is a hifil perfect second masculine singular plus first common singular suffix. Okay, who is my house that you have brought me? Ad olam here. I'm sorry, ad halom here. Okay, verse nineteen. Va tiktan od zot be eneka arna yahweh Batera ber gam el Beit Avdika le meirachok, v'zot torat haadam Okay, katan uh, means to be small. So this is a call imperfect vav consecutive, and so it's and it is small. Okay, Ode is stiller yet, and now here's the subject zot. This thing and this thing is. A small thing. See, it is small still. So and and this is small still, Be'eneka. in your eyes. This is a small thing, see, in your eyes, Adonai Yahweh. And so Yedab Tedaber and so you also spoke El concerning the house of your servant, Lemachok, two from a distance. We would say you also spoke. Concerning the house of your servant, um, far into the future, we would say. That's what it means. See, Le Me Rachok, he's talking temporally, not spatially here. All right? Notice the pause there, At Now you have this kind of key phrase that uh, Walter Kaiser in articles has said has been mistranslated, misunderstood, because people don't want to see the force of it. Vezot Torah HaAdam Adonai Yahweh. It's strange, see? And this is the Instruction of Adam. Instruction of humanity, O Adonai Yahweh. So, okay, what does that mean? This is instruction for humanity. This is Torah for humanity, for Ha'adam. See, notice that he seems to recognize that the covenant God made has a universal aspect to it. See, that this is... so. Th- so you know what kind of force is Torah. This is Walter Kaiser wants to translate this is the charter for mankind, namely you know this promise is is something that has ramifications beyond just him and his family, obviously. See? So the David seems to give a hint that he recognizes the enormity of what Yahweh is doing for him beyond his own his own interests, okay? Um, and notice we don't usually Get to read this or see this anywhere, but it, it's kind of an interesting little comment. Okay? Um, any questions through verse 19? Okay, we can do a couple more here. Uma Yosef David Ode Ledaber Leka. Yadata et And what will David add? This Yosef is from Yasaf, again, the Hifil imperfect. And what will David add yet, Ode? To Daber um, to say to you. See? So again we would we would translate it as an adverb, what more can David say to you? Alright? And you, see again those are the pronouns, and as for you, you Yadata, you know Abdaka, your servant, O Adonai Yahweh. Okay? So David, what else can he say? We'll do one more verse here. Ba'avur, ba'avur, Baavor Dabarka u ke libka asita et kol hagedula hazot lehodia et avdaka. Okay. Um so what more can you add? For you you know your servant, O Lord, so that um Devaraka your word so that um your speaking and uh, and also according to your heart, you have done. See, so in other words, so that your word and according to your own heart, you have done. Et kol all this great thing. So as to make it known, this is a call. Uh, I mean, a hiphil infinitive construct from yada. So as to make it known to your servant, or as to, so as to show your servant. All right. So in other words, he's praising God for um, revealing his heart, for determining this, and then for making it known to him. Okay. Um, any questions through verse 21? All right. Good. I think we're ready to continue here one more week and uh, see if we can get through chapter 7 and start chapter 8 again. All right. Very good. Thanks for coming, you guys. How's your day going, man? Oh, very good. good.